Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. It's Around the House. We're talking uh, my security tips around your house. Now, these are important ones here that uh, you should be thinking about. And, uh, you know, security can be a lot of different things, right? You know, we were just talking about password security and Wi-Fi and all that stuff, making sure you've got things really good and secure. But one of the things that I know has been a battle, and now that we're getting into the fall, it gets to be more of a battle. This is where we're talking about these things like, for instance, porch pirates. You know, those packages in the in the fall and winter coming up on the holidays that disappear off your porch because somebody comes and grabs them. So what happens? This is where you can fix this. And NB Sentinel, which you've heard them on the show before, has their box gobbler. This is a box that... Uh... When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know, but we've got you covered. This is Around the House. Welcome to the Around the House show. This is where we help you get the most out of your home through information and education. Thanks for joining us today. Well, today I wanted to talk about security around your home. And I'm not just talking about putting up some lights and uh, making sure you lock the door. We're going to talk about everything from password security to internet security to everything else. And so we're going to talk about all those great things that you can do this fall to make sure your life is just a little bit more secure. Now, first off, I want to talk about probably the easiest one, and it's the biggest offender. And this is password security. Now, so many people out there will use some pretty easy ones because they don't want to forget. Now, here's the problem, though, is if you have something very basic and it's not very secure, maybe it's got a capital letter and a number in it, you are very open to somebody hacking into anything. And these days, that could be somebody taking over your social media accounts. That could be somebody taking over your bank accounts. That could be somebody accessing more private information, like your social security number, your taxes, or anything else. So this is probably the first and biggest thing that you run into is password security. Now, there's things you can do to make life a heck of a lot easier because I get it. Complex passwords are hard to remember. And many times for people, they're pretty easy to be able to, you know, track down. I mean, how many people out there are using password one, two, three, four? I bet there's somebody listening right now laughing, going, yeah, that's me. That's how you get hacked into. That's how you lose your information. That's how you create a lot of headaches for yourself. So creating something that is a word that, or not even a word, but a combination of letters, numbers, symbols, whatever the application will let you do, the more complex, the better off you are. Now, there are some great programs out there that are what I would call a password security program. So basically, they are a generator that once you remember to log in here, it will create passwords for all your other things. And it will make sure that, well, you've got something that is very hard to be hacked. 
So take a look at the password management software out there. I don't have one that is my favorite. Uh, They're not any sponsors of the show, anything like that. But take a look and see what password manager software could do for you because that can get it where you can change your passwords if you have a hack. And then that's the other thing too, is to look and see what information is out there on the internet. And plenty of the recording agencies and stuff out there and a lot of these different security programs out there will tell you, and you can search online pretty quickly to see how do you find out what information has been stolen via hacks. And I tell you what, I know I have a ton of information of mine that's been stolen out there, which means I run a risk. And that means that you should be changing those sign-ins, maybe even change your login credentials to use something different, and then use a completely different password. Don't just change two things, start out something completely different. So spending some time getting your passwords in, and this means everything from logging in to get your medical information, to your credit cards, to your Wi-Fi password at your house, all of these are important in making sure that you've got these things locked down correctly. So those are things that I would spend the time and get dialed in. The number one thing I would worry about right now, if there was one thing I was going to tell you about is this, get your passwords secure and locked down and know what they are. And no, don't tape it to the bottom of your keyboard. If you have one password you can remember into that software, then from there on out, you can create all the passwords and uh, keep them in your own password vault. And that's a very good, secure way to go. And that way you're not getting your information stolen. So that's important right there. Now, the other one is too, is how locked down is your home or work Wi-Fi? Do you have to put in letters, numbers, you know, symbols to get in? I hope so. You want to have that so it's very secure, so it's harder to get into. That way people can't log into your system and get access into it. So again, making sure that you've got that dialed in means that you're going to have less people trying to get involved. And on top of it, I don't want one of my neighbors or somebody in the neighborhood snagging my internet and using mine to do their searches on because I don't know what they're looking for and I don't want it on my machine or my system. So make sure that you've got that locked down and done correctly and a very good, you know, solid password. That way people don't get into it and you can be be much safer that way. So that's a good one. So Really take your time and get your passwords locked in, dialed in, and you're good to go. And seriously, think about one of those software programs. It's going to make life so much easier for you, and you'll never be forgetting that password. As long as you have that one, you're good to go. So that way, you are secure. Now, there are different things out there, and, and you know, I get it. There's there's all the different um, lockdowns to your credit. Those can be good. If you're worried about that, especially if you've had somebody steal your credit or steal that stuff, I get it. Um, The one that I don't think really is needed is the uh, one that's the title lock where they're locking down your title. Um, That is so low on the risk title. I just don't believe in it. I called my local FBI office and they say it's not an issue. And if the FBI is telling me it's not a big issue, then um, it's probably something you don't need to go out and buy. Spend your time on what I was just talking about on making sure that your passwords are secure and that people can't get into that and you're good. Now, the next one up is pretty obvious. And this is going to be something is just making sure that you've got good secure door locks that are installed correctly 
and that you've got the right bracing in the door jam and the screws are in there. So somebody can't come up and just easily knock that door in. If you've got a deadbolt where you've got big screws into the studs and you've got metal behind it, so it's not going anywhere and you've got a solid core steel door or a solid core wood door. And uh, if you've got multi-point locks, it's even better. But all the things are great, you know, because here's the thing, guys, you want to deter. Now, I'm not so worried about somebody really kicking the door in because I want it to be hard enough that if somebody's kicking the door in, the entire neighborhood's going to hear it. So that way somebody can call the police. What I'm more worried about is the people that can get in other ways, maybe your garage door code. And that's where you got to run into problems too. If somebody goes and steals, breaks into your car and steals your car, do you have your garage door opener in there all ready to go so they can just come up to your house and pop and open it back in? Are you locking your door between your garage and your house? So if somebody does open the garage door, Maybe can they get in and get into the house? Well, if you got that deadbolted when you're not there, that's one extra layer of security. And that's a big one right there. So these are all little things you can do. And I want to see as well out there, just in the safety and security point of thing, make sure you've got a smoke detector and a carbon monoxide detector out in that garage to make sure that you don't have anything going out there. Something that can communicate with the ones inside, because if you've got a small fire in the garage, you want the ones inside to go. So that way you can find it versus having a large fire and you figuring it out when it's already coming into the living part of the residence. So spend the time, get those dialed in together and you'll be good. But really high quality door locks and that goes for your garage door opener as well. My garage door opener has a deadbolt. So there's a big steel rod that goes to the track that when I shut the door, it locks. You are not coming in and prying that door open without taking the door out all by itself. Those are great little security tips that are pretty inexpensive to add to your existing garage door. A little bit of security goes a long way. It makes it harder and more security just as soon as around the house returns. What's up? This is Dick and Satchel from Steel Panther, and you are listening to Around the House with Eric G. Yeah. We love Eric G, and you should too. Show this where we help you get the most out of your home through information and education. Thanks for joining us today. We're talking uh, my security tips around your house. Now, these are important ones here that uh, you should be thinking about. And, uh, you know, security can be a lot of different things, right? You know, we were just talking about password security and Wi-Fi and all that stuff, making sure you've got things really good and secure. But one of the things that I know has been a battle, and now that we're getting into the fall, it gets to be more of a battle. This is where we're talking about these things like, for instance, porch pirates. You know, those packages in the in the fall and winter coming up on the holidays that disappear off your porch because somebody comes and grabs them. So what happens? This is where you can fix this. And NB Sentinel, which you've heard them on the show before, has their box gobbler. This is a box that, uh, let's say you've got a garage that you walk up right next to to get to your front door. You can mount this in the wall and it'll put the packages when they put the code in. 
It'll allow them access to drop those packages into the garage and you're good to go. So think about this. All you have to do is give that code to the shipper, just like you would a gate code or anything else for a regular delivery. They come up to your porch, they put the code in, open the door up, put the packages in there, close it, it's locked, and those are inside. It's a little bit of money for these, but they are completely worth it. And uh, take a look, my buddy Jeff's company over there, MB Sentinel. These guys make lots of different mailbox options, whether you want it on the side of the house, if you want it out in a pillar out in the front or out by the curb, whatever you're doing, these guys have a solution for you. So if you are losing packages and it's something that's part of your way of life because you order a lot online, this makes a lot of sense. And uh, hopefully this will save you from getting packages stolen. I know we're getting into that time of year where all of a sudden people are gone a lot more and the weather's a little rough. So people, it's getting darker soon. So people can be a little sneakier out there. So this is where we got to watch out for those uh, package thieves because they will do a ton of damage. And then you're just inconvenienced. I get it that uh, Amazon and all these other companies can re will resend it out to you. But I tell you what, having stuff stolen is just such a big violation. And if you can do something to prevent it, why sweat it? Why have to worry about how to get home before that thing gets stolen? Just make sure you get it sent that way and you'll be good. And that way it's in a safe when it shows up and you won't have a box stolen again. So it's a really great way to go. Now, another one we've talked about, and we talked about this earlier, so we're not going to talk about this much, but just making sure that things are well lit and that you uh, people are not have places to hide around your house. So these are all secrets here to make sure that you've got things secure. You got to think about it as you're walking down the street. What is an easy target? If they walk to your house, go, wow, there's four or five places to hide here. It's dark. The bushes are overgrown. Nobody's looking at it. And it's, it's, it's dusk. And I've got a really good place that I can really sneak, snoop around in versus showing up to bushes trimmed back. You can see everywhere. It's well lit. Um, you know, they don't want to get caught. So make it so the neighbor down the street is the easier target and you're the harder target and you'll be better off. So that's a good one right there. Now, camera systems are an interesting one. So let's talk about the weakness of camera systems. Camera systems can be really good for documenting a crime after it's occurred. And this is where I run into issues, right? Because when I'm asleep at night and I'm in charge of monitoring my own cameras, just like at my brother's house, who's got a crime problem in Yakima where he lives, he's had people prowling around his house. He's had a car stolen right out of his driveway. And so these are things that he struggled with, and these are things that you can easily struggle with anywhere you live. But what happens is, is you have cameras which are great at documenting a crime, but you have to be watching them to see if it's happening. And many times, I don't know about you, but if it's two in the morning and my phone automatically silences because I'm going to sleep, those alarms don't go off. And so really, you're either sleeping through it or it's not telling you that you're asleep because it's saying, hey, I don't want to bug you. So if your notifications aren't set correctly, now the problem is, is that you've got a camera too. Many times it will set off things and say, hey, uh, there's a cat going by and it'll tell you. You don't want to hear that every, neighbor, every time your neighbor's cat goes walking across the yard. But if you got somebody coming up and peeking in the window, you want to know. And so these are some of the challenges that we see with camera systems out there is they're great for documenting, but many times... They don't um, prevent things from being stolen. Now, the one thing that I've seen too, great example, I saw kids jump over a fence into my brother's backyard and then they came over and jumped another fence 
and got into the side by his garage. And they were in there and they had, um, they took a long piece of pipe, held it up, pushed the camera away, and then tried to break in through the windows to get into his garage. Luckily, the windows were new. The windows didn't get through there, but they could have easily broken them or gotten in there. And these people were just so brazen. They were clearly teenagers under the age of probably 22. And uh, they were out going around, you know, basically burglarizing homes. So the problem is, is he didn't see it until afterwards. He went, hey, why is my, uh, why are my screens off my window? And why are the door locks and the window locks broken? So these are things you got to be really careful of. Cameras sometimes are only good at documenting, not good at preventing. So what can you do about that? We have a few different options. One, you're going to look for a monitored system where you're paying a company to monitor for you. So you're starting to see more and more of these. The first one that I've uh, used, and it's a big fan of, is Deep Sentinel. You've heard me talk about him here on the show before if you're a longtime listener. But these guys use AI. So when somebody comes walking up the door, it goes, hey, there's somebody there. And you have a armed, not armed, but kind of armed guard sitting there looking at you, looking at what's going on through the camera there. So you've got a live guard that's sitting there looking. Now, these guys have been working on creating some cool stuff like where they got pepper spray and things like that. We'll see if that ever goes to market. But they're working on something like that. But the big thing with this is, is when you're looking at it, though, and this is the cool part, is that you have somebody sitting there 24-7 looking at the camera going, hey, this person's up to no good. I better send off the alarm and call the police. And that's a lot different than if you've got just a, a typical alarm system where you've got something wired in and then maybe the wind's blowing and it sets off a door alarm or something like that. Uh, I'm not a big fan of those. Uh, those were great in the 70s and 80s you know, and that kind of thing. But really the, the best systems now are not ones that have motion detectors on the doors and windows. The ones that are the best that have the, the cameras that can now look across there and see if someone's actually trying to get in. And that way, what happens is, is when somebody calls, maybe it's that guard calls in and says, Hey, it's this, uh, you know, six foot two, 250 pound white tattooed guy wearing a black hoodie. That's who's coming in. And guess what? Now the police know who they're looking for versus I have an old door alarm code on door seven and um, the police reluctantly show up. They're busy. They go around. They see a door open. They spend time and nobody knows what they're looking for. Was it the wind that blew it open? What caused that? And so that's where those issues are. These days, um, to me, I would not spend the money on an alarm system that doesn't have some kind of monitoring on it because I need somebody there to look at it. And just because an alarm's going off, most likely that's going to be a false alarm. And the worst part is when that happens, you're probably going to get the alarm code. Uh, you'll get the police calling and getting a hold of you. And false alarms in many areas can cost you money. So I don't want to see you have to pay that fine for a false alarm from your local police. All right, more home security just as soon as around the house returns. Hey, this is Ron Keel, the Metal Cowboy from Keel, the Ron Keel Band and Steeler. We are rocking around the house with Eric G. Raise your fist, make your stand. Welcome back to the Around the House show. This is where we hope to get the most out of your home through information and education. Thanks for joining us. We were talking about security around your home and uh, my security tips. 
And there's a new one that's happening over the last few years, and it's something that I really want you to pay attention to. And it's something that's starting to hit the news, but it's something that we haven't really seen before. And that is the campers and squatters showing up on your property. Now, this could be a home that you've got as a vacation rental. It could be a home that was maybe your parents or grandparents and you're working on it. And uh, maybe you're getting ready to rent it out. Or maybe you've just got it there for a couple months not being used while you get ready and pull the building permits for a remodel. Nonetheless, this can be one of the most damaging problems you can have to your house because all it takes is for one of these scams to happen. And we're seeing a lot of these these days where there's a vacant home or a foreclosed home and somebody is going on Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace, wherever and putting up for rent. And then they have a key, which isn't hard. I mean, literally, if there's a door unlocked, I can go up there take a lock off a, off a door, put my own lock on it of similar with my own key on it. And guess what? Now I have control in and out of the home. And then I can pretend to be the landlord and rent that out and get a security deposit and everything else. So all of a sudden, if you don't go buy a house for three or four weeks because you've been working on it and oh, I'm sure it's safe, it's in a good neighborhood. All of a sudden, the next time you go by, someone's living in it that you didn't give permission to. And this happens all the time. And so the problem is, is that now these people, it could take months to get them out of this home. And I've seen it take three, four, five months, 10, 20, 30, $50,000 to get through the legal system because these people, one, either signed a lease and thought that they got the right place. Two, they are squatters and they're homeless and they know they're not supposed to be there, but they're saying that they're renting from you and now you have to pay to have them evicted. And in some states, especially here on the left coast where I am, that is not easy to do. Getting somebody to come out of a house that they're not belonged, belonging into can be a battle. That can take months and cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars, especially when you look at the damage that's being done to your home. Squatters can be horrible. I have seen this happen. Um, I have gone in and helped clean up afterwards where they come in and you know, because the, maybe the power wasn't on, the water wasn't on. It is absolutely crazy. And then people are taking cabinet doors and burning them in the fireplace. They're trying to keep it warm and they're just slowly destroying this building. So these are things that I really want you to pay attention to. And again, if you have a piece of property that you're not going by and visiting every day, you should have cameras on it where you can access it 24 seven. So you can see if someone's trying to squat in. Even here in my area, which of course, you know, makes the national news, Portland's really good at making that national news cycle with this. You can have somebody show up and be camping in your yard and it can be nearly impossible to get somebody to remove them. Now, I know that's not everywhere in Texas. You've got a whole different way of handling it and I can appreciate that. But nonetheless, if you're in an area where they're very sympathetic to people living on private property that's not theirs. This can be a huge problem that can cost you tens of thousands of dollars to get people to leave your area. You could have kids, you could be a single mom, you could be living in a house, and if you're gone for the weekend and somebody pops in and they put up a tent in your yard, you might be surprised how hard it is to get somebody to show up to move them even though legally they're trespassing. And that's a tough thing to deal with. And it's a tough thing to deal with people, especially when you're just trying to make it and you're trying to survive and uh, having to spend 
money for an attorney to get somebody to be evicted from the tent in your front yard seems absolutely ridiculous, but it is something that we're seeing in more and more cities depending on what's going on. So this is something you should really pay attention to. Having something that you can defend like that and make sure that you can keep people away, you're going to be better off. I knew somebody that had a uh, house that they had uh, gotten from a relative and uh, somebody pulled a motorhome in the driveway and it took them a month or two to get it moved. And uh, they were in there squatting in the driveway and they were said, oh, I was told to park there, even though they knew they weren't because the person had already deceased didn't matter. So pay attention to this stuff. Having uninvited guests like squatters can be one of the most destructive and expensive things to deal with. So deal with it quick, deal with it swift, get them moved out of there. And when in doubt, put up some no trespassing signs and make sure that you have things documented really well and that you get people out of there. As soon as they start to show up, spend some time and make sure they're moved out of the way because you don't want them camping on your front yard, especially when you're trying to be there. Now, the next one, I'm sure if you work um, and you've got email and stuff like that, your company has probably been hitting you this. I know they hit me all the time, but uh, making sure your internet security is key as well. And I'm not talking about just your passwords. I'm talking about clicking on things you shouldn't when you get emails in. And let's talk about some email best practices here because you can lose a lot of things here because all of a sudden, if you let somebody into your computer, they can have access to your bank accounts, to your credit card accounts, to anywhere that you have things stored electronically, they can get into it and you don't wanna lose all that stuff, especially if they're taking you hostage that way. So here's the thing, making sure that you've got a great firewall, making sure you've got a great antivirus program. And here's one other tip too. Two antivirus programs can actually create loopholes where you're actually giving in more access to people, not less. So have one really good program. Make sure that when you open things at work or at your home, when you log in and you see an email, if it says invoice and you don't know who it is, don't open it. There are so many, I get probably four or five different requests during the week where, hey, I'm sending you, um, you're going to get paid from this. It's completely fake. And they're trying to get me to open a document because once I open it, I've opened up the Trojan horse and they're inside my machine and they're taking every bit of information. But two or three times a week, I have people sending me fake documents for me to look at. And they are pretty easy to see when you look. So this is what I want you to do. First, stop what you're doing. Don't panic and go, oh, what's this? Say, okay, what is this? So when in doubt, if you look at it and go, that's fake, then just delete it, remove it from your machine, make it go away. Second of all, if you click on it and, and it opens up and you've opened it up, slow down. Don't go click inside anything on the body. Take a look and see where it's coming from. It could say it's coming from your uncle Ken, but when you look at the email address, it's some weird offshore email address. So take a look and see where it's coming from, that it's actually legitimate. Many times they're not, and you can actually see that they put somebody's name across it, but it's not their right email address. So make sure you've got that dialed in as well, because many times all it takes is for you to open something up and you've given full access, and now somebody has the run of your life via your computer. And if you're a smart techie person and you've got everything from your TV subscriptions 
to your cable stuff, to your internet, to your work, that could be a huge problem for you. So make sure you are only opening things you know 100% are real. When in doubt, go back, write another email independently. Don't respond back. Write another email to them and say, you know, hey, Jim, did you just send me an email? Is that okay? And don't send it from that one because you could be sending it back to the people that sent it to you. And they'll go, oh, yeah, no, you're good. And that's not the right person. So make sure that someone's not spoofing that email address. So send a new email. Make sure you're using the email to, if I was saying Jim, Jim, that you know that you email back and forth with, make sure that he knows what he sent you and that it's safe. When in doubt, don't open it, throw it in the dump bin and say, hey, I think I got a spam email from you as you write a new email. And if they did, oh, sorry, that wasn't, then you know what you've got. But when in doubt, don't open it up, delete it, and then reach out to that person and find out what they were sending you so you know what's going on. There are too many people in companies that get taken hostage hostage, or taken over just because of that. Look at the MGM, what happened to their gaming stuff. A lot of different companies got nailed these last few weeks, and I don't want that to happen to you. We'll come back and wrap up home security just as soon as we found the house recoveries. Welcome back to the Around the House show. This is where we help you get the most out of your home through information and education. Thanks for joining us. I've been talking about home security tips, whether or not it's the internet, it's, uh, you know, your identity, whether or not your home. And uh, we've been talking about all these different things today uh, just to make sure that you're safe coming into fall here. Now, there's one thing I wanted to talk about um, just to kind of start out here. And a lot of these things, you will spend the time in the effort to implement a lot of these things. But if you don't get them to 100%, you're going to have weak points. And I want you to make sure that when you get the camera in, that you keep them charged. That if you're putting in that new deadbolt, that's great. You've got a, you know, you've got the deadbolt and you've got the new jam in there. So it's really strong. Did you think about putting screws in that are longer, for instance? You know, if you think about the screws, the hinge point now, as soon as you put a good lock in, the weak point is the rest of the door, which is the hinges. So I want you to take out those little three-quarter inch screws that are in there, maybe half-inch screws, depending on the door, that the hinge goes into the jam. I want you to replace those out with structural screws. I want you to go in there and uh, get some structural screws, get those in there, get that sunk into the wood, make sure that that's tight. And making sure that you have those kind of things dialed in is key. And it's just like going around the house, going around your perimeter. We were talking about that earlier, making sure that... uh, You've got sticks in any of the sliding windows so that they can't open up. And here's another trick too. If you're in a high crime area and you're worried about people breaking in, breaking windows, coming in that way, they do make a lot of great window films, kind of like tint that they put on, that make it where you're going to have to be swinging an ax to get in, which means, unfortunately, if it's a firefighter, they're going to have to work a little bit harder to get in. But more importantly, if you've got somebody trying to break in, it's going to take some effort. They're going to be swinging an ax at that window to get in. And uh, that's the kind of stuff you want to see to deter people from coming in. So some of those window tents are really great to, uh, one, contain glass, two, keep people from just busting a glass up and walking in. So these are all super important pieces 
when you're talking about any of these things with home security. So spending a little time getting those things dialed in is really a great head start because here's the thing, guys, it doesn't matter what you're living in. If you're living in a regular home and you've got a good door lock, you've got um, window tint on the windows that is uh, makes it so it's harder to break and it sticks together so you can't just bust the window and kick it out. Somebody in today's Sawzall can cut a hole in the side of your house really easy and walk right in. I could walk up into any house with a Sawzall or a circular saw or any saw right now that is battery powered and I could be in in under two minutes because I've cut a hole in the side. You can't combat that. But what you can do is make sure that you've got that house very well dialed in so the easy buttons for people to get in are covered. Because really, if they want to come in, they're coming in, whether you like it or not. And the, the only thing at that point is going to be if you're there to defend it or not. And that's not a good position to be in, whether you're ready or not for it. So those are some keys right there. Just making sure nobody wants to put like, you know, all the bars over the windows and all those things like that. Nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to build a Fort Knox. Heck, they even make panels now that you can strip the drywall or plaster down on the inside and put ballistic panels in between the studs. So if somebody's doing a drive-by out front, that bullet doesn't come in the house. There's a lot of great technology out there, but do you need to go spend the money to do that? Uh, hopefully not. That's pretty extreme in most cases that you have to do that. Now, there are some neighborhoods that I've been in before where maybe that's going to be a cost-effective solution. But to be honest, for me, if my neighborhood's that rough, I don't think I want to be there for that up-and-coming part of it. I want to get out and get my family to a safer neighborhood. So it might be time to move on down the road or get into an area where there's much better police protection and the neighborhood support to keep that kind of stuff from happening. Now, there's another popular option out there, and these are safe rooms. Now, I think these are great for multiple situations. I think a safe room in the inside of the house where there's no window access or things like that, if you're in an area that has hurricanes, tornadoes, any kind of a large wind event like that where you need to get into a place that is quick and safe and you're not worried about flooding, so you're not locking yourself in a box that's going to be flooded, but if you're trying to have a situation where you're going to have a high sense of survival with a low, you know, tornadoes can happen and they can happen quick. So you have minutes to deal with it. Having that safe room in the middle of the house could be something that could be very important. And many times it's not that big a deal to do it. You can make it as big as you want to. But I've seen people go in there and hollow out that closet and go down and build a footings, go down through the hole into the crawl space. They put in poured footings in there. They put in um, a block wall with rebar and um, they've got everything tied together. And so basically they have created a vault on the inside of their home. Now that can be great in a multitude of situations. If you are what many people in a movie would call a high value target where you could get kidnapped or you could have somebody that's doing um, armed robberies in the neighborhood, having a place to go hide might not be a bad place to be just as it might not be a place, bad place to be if you've got um, high winds and things like that where you're trying to get into a safe place. So creating that where you've got food, water, a method of escape, a method to defend yourself, and a way to communicate with people might not be a bad idea in some situations. Do I want everybody out there going out building bunkers and doing their own thing? Hey, that's your choice. I'm not going to tell you to do that. not going to tell you not to do that. But being prepared is something that, uh, one, you shouldn't be ashamed of. Two, you should understand what your risks are and see, 
you know, if uh, if you're good and you're not worried about that stuff and you do need some place for that, it's not a bad idea to have a little safe room like that that you could have. And maybe it's a pantry that you're doing. Maybe it's a closet. Maybe it's a uh, a bathroom. Whatever you're doing, make sure that you've got something there. And as long as there's not any exterior windows and it's inside of the core of the house, you know, if it's a strong place, it's by near where the stairs are. Those are good locations. So just think about that or a basement room that you can do. I've done plenty of basement rooms like that that are good. Um, I've even done them in locations where you could really sit there and uh, drop out of a bedroom into a trap door down into that room. And that way uh, you've got something that you can bolt off and that's got a lot of steel in it. So it's supportive. But literally you could go through there and uh, have your own place that is going to be safe. And uh, those are things that you can do as well, especially, and you know, again, like I was saying, guys, tornadoes, hurricanes, that kind of stuff. If you need to have a, a safe space to go, uh, that's not a bad way to go. And of course, you can make it as complex as you want to. Uh, we've all seen the movies and stuff like that where the people have gone pretty crazy with it. You know, if you are a celebrity or if you're one of those things, having that set up where you're in a good, safe place is not a bad place to be. Now, the last thing I want to talk about here today before we uh, wrap up this show is making sure that you've got a safe place for your personal belongings. Do you have a safe? Do you have a safe deposit box? Where are you keeping your your titles for your vehicles, your deeds, your stocks, any paperwork that you need to have, you know, your your any of those things? Do you have a good safe? And I'm not talking about your cheap going and buy the off-brand safe at Walmart. I'm talking about something it's actually going to survive a house fire, something that's going to survive a tornado, something that's going to survive something bad happening. Somebody's trying to break into it. You know, there are a lot of cheap safes out there that don't do a lot of good. There's a handful of really good ones out there. So do your research, see the testing, see what you can do. There's a lot of them out there. You put a fire out there like it was in a house fire and they won't survive. Everything on the inside burns up and you're like, well, that was an expensive vault to keep the ashes of my important documents that didn't work. So make sure you've got things dialed in and you've got the proper safe. If you want to keep it off at a safe deposit box and go old school, like your grandmother, that's good too. Just remember, sometimes it's harder to get in there. And if that bank is having issues or you can't get into it, you are now relying on somebody else to get into that. So if it's an emergency, you might want to be able to have stuff sooner. So think about what's being stored in there. And do you need it now or do you need it within 48 hours? If you need it within 48 hours, you can probably get it from the bank. If you need it now, probably not going to happen. So maybe you've got something where you've got your high value things off in the bank at the safe deposit box where you can get it when you need it. And then you've got a secondary location where you're storing things to be safe. But nonetheless, keep those documents, all your paperwork, your medications, any of that extra stuff that you need to have around your house. And that's even just... Outside of security, that's emergency preparedness as well. And make sure that you're good that way. And then um, really, guys, just making sure your lighting is good and making sure that if you've got any kind of a neighborhood watch system going on, that you're playing a part of it. And maybe that's something that you need to organize for your neighborhood. If you've got a higher crime in many areas, see, meet with your local police department, meet with your neighborhood, meet with your Facebook group for your neighborhood. Spend some time, know your neighbors, get them together and rally, and you're going to have a much safer place. All right, everybody, that's the end of the show. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you head over and catch the podcast where you can catch our exclusive content over there. Head over to Around the House online for that. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next Saturday. Thanks for tuning in to Around the House.
somewhere unseen and undiscovered anywhere beyond the mean life is a love song let's be lovers Hey, it's Eric G from Around the House. Are you planning a decking or siding project this year? If you are, you've got to check out my friends at Millboard. Millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand molded from the finest oak, it realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood. If you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood, check out millboard.com. Make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back. That's millboard.com.